Hi, you're listening to An Open Dialogue. I'm Violet Howe. And I'm Todra Candle. And this week, we are going to be talking about scruffy hospitality. <laughs> Which really sounds kind of <laughs> <laughs> off-putting. Hey, come on over to my house for some scruffy hospitality. <laughs> like I picture like Pigpen from, right. from yes. Peanuts, you know what I mean? With like his little like, what was Was that dust flying around dirt. him? It was, was it hey, flies flying around no, him? Was it dirt? It was dirt. Like, it was the, it was it dirt. could have been the dust of ancient, ancient Mesopotamias. <laughs> you know, definitely, you have not seen uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, I guess, because as Lonnie points out, think of it that, you know, as as the dust from some ancient civilization and then pig pen says to whoever her name is kind of boggles the mind doesn't it you know so, there you go. yes but I yes, know if maybe it, you know it's like his body odor was just visible around him like i don't an aura. think he's dirty i think he's just like a, you know you know little boys you have you had little boys and i have one and you know they would come in and they just seem to carry this cloud of dust around them sometimes. and body odor well, boys yeah, have body when odor. we got to a certain age yes but you know that these that they're still pretty young at that age um well let us clarify yes what that is scruffy hospi- hospitality is not about body odor no, it's and not. it's not about i hope it little boys. <laughs> I guess there are lines there are lines here yes yeah. um let me read the definition from the blog that that spurred this idea for a podcast um topic Scruffy hospitality means you're not waiting for everything in your house to be in order before you host and serve friends in your home. Scruffy hospitality means you hunger more for good conversation and serving a simple meal of what you have, not what you don't have. Scruffy hospitality means you're more interested in quality conversation than the impression your home or lawn makes. If we only share meals with friends when we're excellent, we aren't truly sharing life together. Very true. Very, very true. I like that. Yes, I, I agree. And um, this kind of sparked between you and me just a, 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 a conversation about how home hospitality is kind of a dying art. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, I think we when, meet at restaurants, we meet at bars, right. we meet out and about. And yeah. Um, I grew up in an age where, and, and in a family where um, my parents did frequent dinner parties and these could go anywhere from just you know our our, we had a very large extended family and so it could be anything from hey everybody's coming over for a birthday or a family dinner or just because um all the way up to you know very important clients my father was an attorney yeah you know and and we're getting out the best dishes and so on and so forth but my parents entertained at home frequently and so and then we were in the army when we were first married, and and um, and we entertained quite a bit too, probably even more than most other people in the army because I had been brought up that way, and my husband also was brought up in a family where they entertained at home all the time. He's Italian, right? He is Italian. I think that's that's a big part of that's that culture. Part of it, but also yeah. his father was um, uh, a, a business owner and um, kind of active politically and, and in a lot of different things, so they would entertain you know, for, for those reasons, even more than just, you know, just, just that, um, aspect. So, um, it was very shocking to me when I moved back to my hometown after having lived away for about seven years. Um, and I was, I would invite people over and they were thrilled to come, but when they would reciprocate, it was, it was just, you know, a whole different, it was a whole different thing. And they, um, they didn't seem to know how to how to do it 
and for me, it just was, you know, it's like falling off a falling off a log. That was just how you did things. So, well, that was normal for you. It was something that you exactly. grew up with, you know. Yeah. So, how about um, you? Did you? Well, we had um. I have. I come from two very large families in a small town where everybody knows everybody. So it was kind of something where, like, you know, if we were at my grandmother's house on Sunday, you had no idea how many people were going to be there or mm-hmm. who was going to show up. Um, you know, on either side of the family, and and <clears throat> I felt like, like we moved around a lot. I went to sixteen schools in twelve years, so we moved a lot, and we didn't do a lot of entertaining um, in my mother's home. But I know, like, when we were home in that small town environment. It was, it wasn't like a formal, like a dinner party invitation kind of thing. It was more like you just never knew who was stopping right. by or coming by. But um, I love entertaining. I love having people over. I love, you know, playing games and the conversation and the whole thing. Um, but I do stress <laughs> big time about everything being perfect. And so this whole notion of scruffy hospitality, it appeals to me. But I'm very interested to see whether or not I can actually put it into practice. It's um, it's definitely a mindset. Um, I as much as I say that you know my my parents entertained growing up, it was always kind of stressful. Um, I mean, if it was it, even if it was family, actually, because my mother put a lot of pressure on herself to be perfect, and she felt you know that if she had the right china and the right um, you know the right silverware and and whatever that it was you know, that that was, that was it. Um, she was a very good cook, uh, in, in her way of cooking and she always presented, you know, a, a great meal. Um, and, and I early on, um, realized that I did not want to be, I did not want my kids to associate entertaining and people over whatever with me flipping out and being mean and nasty. You know? I, I have a, I have an early memory of, we lived in Pennsylvania, of trying to help my mother. I must have been about eight years old and climbing up onto a counter to get something for her and dropping it. And it fell on the china and broke some of the china. And I mean, that is an early memory of my mother just melting down about that. And I don't want my kids. I, I, I made a promise to myself when I had children that if they broke anything, um, there was, I was never going to get mad. I always just say, it's a thing. It's, it can be replaced or it can't be. It doesn't really matter. It's fine. As long as you're all right, that's fine. And I think it stems from, from that, but I don't want my, I didn't want my children to think that, um, that having people over and entertaining was, was stressful. So it kind of had to be a, uh, you know, a choice and a decision. It's not always easy. You're right. You know, I mean, I, um, I'm not a great housekeeper. That is that is not really high on my list of, you know, things I'm naturally good at. Um, I mean, I don't feel like our house is filthy, but our house is not like pristine magazine either. Um, and so before people come over, I want it pristine magazine. You know, I yes. want every single little dog nose print off the sliding glass door and everything <laughs> must be dusted and everything must be taken off of every shelf and dusted because God forbid one of our guests happens to reach up onto the top shelf to pick off a, a knickknack and look at it or or if they get close to the picture frames and they're not dusted on the top or, you know, what if they're sitting on the toilet and there's dust on the baseboards? Like I, you know, freak out. And um, it was really one... <laughs> funny and sad at the same time that I, I when Logan was younger I was vacuuming one day and and dusting and he's like who's coming over <laughs> so like you know if mom goes on a rampage cleaning the house someone's either coming to visit or someone's coming over for dinner but um 
I also feel like I need to have um, entertainment. There needs to be some type of games. There needs to be icebreakers. There needs to be some type of flow to the event. And I was, up until two years ago, um, I was extremely anal about all the food. I had to make it myself, and it all had to be themed. And there usually were, like, little menu cards that had special names for what everything was. Like, even the boys' birthday parties. Like, we did a one year for Valentine, we did a pirate birthday party. And so all of the, you know, soda bottles had special labels made on them that that renamed you know whatever the the soda was and and all of the snacks were themed for the pirate theme and had little special menu cards and I don't think any of those seven-year-old boys really cared (laughs) um but you know it was just something and and I enjoy doing as much as it stresses me out to do it I really enjoy doing that and I enjoy I want everything perfect when everyone walks in and I want everything to be themed and I take pictures of it all before they get here and and um Two years ago, I had a very important meeting uh, that I did not have the opportunity to schedule. It was scheduled for me, and it was scheduled on a Friday afternoon when we were having our Halloween party that night, and I was freaking out, and um, my night says, so we'll just cater it. What? What? What is this madness? (laughs) And so we catered it. And it was amazing how much easier that was. So last year we catered our Halloween party again. And and it's funny because on the one hand, I really like it because, you know, the day of our Halloween party, I usually am doing very elaborate makeup and costumes for the two of us. And so it's really hard to do all that food prep. I also am a person that I like to have food come out in shifts throughout the night. I don't want people who show up to the party later in the evening to have all cold stuff or stuff that's been picked over. So I like for stuff to come out throughout the night. And so having to do the costumes and do that I used to um I used to have a dear friend who uh was a student of mine and I would pay her and she would come and I would put out all the food and make make notes this goes in this dish and this goes in this dish and this needs to go in at this time and this goes in at this time and she would kind of run the food portion of the party and clean up and things like that throughout the night so that I could be with my guest and so that I could get ready you know costume and things like that and um and I loved that and then unfortunately you know she graduated from high school and got her own job and her own life how dare she I know how inconsiderate but um it's funny the catering part is much easier but I also really miss that I don't have all the little clever names for everything and it's not all Halloween themed and so I don't know I, I need to um I need to do better at letting at letting go and just enjoying the fact that there's people in my house. Well, I think that there's, you know, there's a couple of things that can sometimes, um, you know, I, I, I truly believe that the universe moves you to where you are meant to be. And uh, I rem- first of all, because so much of my early entertaining was mostly family, I didn't ever, I, I never, ever, ever have worried about anything but trying to make the house look good and food. I never worried about icebreakers. I mean, my family would have fallen on themselves laughing they that our family the way it worked was that they never stopped talking from the minute they walked in the door anyway so I mean trying to to get people to do things they would have looked at me like what are you crazy um and and the the larger extended family was not you know game playing or whatever because my husband would say sometimes well you know when everybody comes over we should do this or that and I'm thinking yeah you can plan it honey but it, it, it isn't gonna happen um but I really was still probably slightly stressed about uh, parties and get-togethers and whatever until 
my son's birthday and I'm trying to think of what the year was, but I, I don't remember specifically what the year was, but um, it would have been in New Jersey and uh, probably in the early 2000s. Um, my husband, in the house we lived in then, my husband had completely gutted and redone the kitchen um, some years before, and, and it was beautiful, but he actually never got around to putting up the trim because we hadn't decided on how to do the trim on the tiles. He had uh, tiled the countertops and everything and, and the, the floors. And that year I said, listen, it would be really nice for me if by David's birthday we had the trim up. Um, he has one of those compressors and that's what he uses to put up trim. So he was putting it up, but as you know, men have different agendas than maybe their women do. And so that day of the party, as everybody was arriving, he still had the compressor in the kitchen and was, you know, the, the, the nails into the oak. And I had to make a decision at that point. I had asked him to do this. I could not, you know, and, and was I going to, and I could, I could have made the night just miserable for all of us by being mad and by being like, I can't believe that people are coming to my house and you still have this huge orange <laughs> compressor in the middle of the kitchen as I'm trying to cook. And our kitchen was not huge. Um, I made the decision that, oh, well, this is my family. I'm just going to go with it. And my aunt Terry would, had said that year, she said, I, I remember walking in and seeing it and thinking, Tadra, you're a better woman than I am because I would have been flipping out at Uncle John. Um, but you know what? And, and that was kind of the point where I said, you know what? Nobody died. Everybody still had a great time. And when it was over, my kitchen was had trim. So what was I going to, you know, complain about? And that kind of was my click point of, um, you know what? As long as I'm happy when people, I mean, clearly, as you say, you don't want, you, you want a clean bathroom. Right. Um, my, right. my girlfriend Stacy joked because one, one get together we had at my old house in Apopka, um, for whatever reason, the, the girls were helping me get ready and we had lots of bathrooms in that house and we forgot to put hand towels in one bathroom. And I just was like, I can't believe we did it. And Stacy will still say to me when she comes over, I'll, I'll only come if there's hand towels in the bathroom. You, know? um, you, you want there to be a, a decent level of of you know cleanliness and and you don't want your guests to be worried about eating the food in your house because right. you know and you want things to be you know you you, you dusted vacuumed whatever but you if you are relaxed your guests are going to be relaxed if you present to them hey everybody's here for a good time you know that's that's what's going to be that's my that's my take on it well i'm very lucky in that my knight also loves to entertain and he loves to have people over. Um, but I was laughing so hard because I so relate to what you're saying, because like we get up the morning of a party and I've got this long list of, okay, we've got to get this done and this done and this done and this done and this done. And then he'll disappear. And I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? I thought I would, you know, clean the, the coach lights on the outside of the garage. And I'm like, that, that's why, why does that need to be done right now? Like, you know what I mean? Or I'm cleaning out this remote corner of the garage so the garage doors open and all this crap is pulled out in the driveway and god only knows if i'm going to get it back in and the garage door closed like i've told him before what good does it do me to make sure that the house is spotless if when they pull up the garage doors open and all this stuff is sitting out there like my garage is not necessarily something i want to be someone's first impression of my house you know so 
I completely understand. Um, but I will say he's great. He he mops, he sweeps, he, you yeah. know, he helps prepare food. He does all that stuff. He's really, really great about it. And um, we had started doing, um, I read this article, uh, it's, I guess, about three years ago now, um, about, the, for this lady that I read the article, it was Meatball Friday. And every Friday that she her husband would make this big batch of meatballs and she would make the sauce and it was just kind of a standing invitation that whoever could show up on Fridays and you know if they had people that were in from out of town or if there were people you know that that who you know maybe their next door neighbor had a daughter in town or whatever it was just like this revolving door of a of some of the same people every Friday night and some were a different group of people every Friday night and people were able to just you know kind of relax and she did the meatballs and the sauce and other people would just bring stuff and it would be this menagerie and I thought this was a great concept and a great idea um we have so many different circles of friends I have friends from when I worked at Disney. I have friends from when I was a teacher. I have my author friends. We have friends that we met through church. We have friends that, you know, are are John's friends, you know, before we married and friends that were my friends before we married. And so there's all these different circles of people. And unfortunately, we're all on our own hamster wheels. You know, we're all just spinning with our own little lives. And so we, I don't think we get to connect as often as possible. And I think in some ways, Facebook um, is great because I can see my cousin's kids and I know when someone, you know, gets a promotion or I know if someone's in the hospital, things like that. But I think it's also kind of bad because we feel like we're connected. We feel like we know what's going on. And so we don't really see people and sit down and have conversations with them. And so I loved this concept of just having this event where, you know, everybody could come. However, I knew that the stress of not having any clue how many people might show up would just completely drive me batty. Um, And I also, when we decided that I was going to be a full-time author, we downsized. And so our, our former house was great for entertaining and had this wonderful flow and a huge kitchen island that was big enough to be called a continent and um you know it was great and and then the house we're in now is much smaller and definitely doesn't have as much of a flow so we kind of modified that plan instead of meatballs which I'm not a fan of um we did pasta Fridays and I would make a big pot of big pot of pasta and I would make a meat sauce and a red sauce and then um I'm a little anal about menus so I kind of like would have people sign up like somebody's going to bring a salad somebody's going to bring a side dish somebody's going to bring an appetizer and somebody's going to bring dessert you know and um and that made it easy because each family you're just bringing one thing you know you know what you're bringing and we limited it we we had a list of about 48 attendees and I would send that thing out on Facebook whenever we were going to do it and the first eight people who responded got the spot and um we loved it. We absolutely loved doing this. Not only did it once a month, I am definitely not a let's throw a party every Friday night kind of girl. But um, I, I would love to do that if I had people to clean my house and cook and, you know, manage everything else. So yeah, that would be great. But I don't. So, uh, you know, once a month was great. And we would do Pasta Friday. And it was funny, like we would have people from so many different areas of our life. And it was really interesting to see how people would connect. Sometimes we would have like someone that I knew from this career and someone that I knew from that career and they would walk in and they know each other, yeah. you know, like somehow their paths had crossed. And so um, it was funny to see those connections. And it was also funny to see people that had never met, but who connected and found, 
you know, shared things. And that was one of the reasons that I love doing the icebreaker games or doing things like that, because it really helped people to get to know each other. Um, like, for instance, I did one one time where I asked everyone ahead of time who was confirmed coming what their favorite movie was. And then I went online, I did a quote from that movie and I and I printed these quotes on colored pieces of paper and I and I put them up on my living room wall and so when people came in I had a little answer sheet and you had to guess what movie that quote came from and then um you know once everybody was there once everybody had arrived and and people of course are talking about the quotes and they're talking about movies and it was a good conversation starter and then we revealed the answers and and it was interesting to see who recognized the quotes from their favorite movie who had no idea that was from their favorite movie and then of course people talking about why that was their favorite movie so I loved Pasta Fridays and it it really was something that we just, you know, life sped up and got really busy and we got away from it. And both of us keep saying, we should do Pasta Fridays again. And um, it warms my heart that I have several people who say to me, when are you going to do Pasta Fridays again? In fact, I had somebody who contacted me and said, I, I, I feel like maybe we fell off the invitee list for Pasta Fridays. Is that still happening? And so, um, you know, I know that that we had friends that were enjoying it too. So we've talked about in this new year, now this is January 29th, <laughs> so obviously it's not going to happen in January, but we've talked about in this new year starting to do Pasta Fridays again, and I'm going to try really hard to do Pasta Friday with scruffy hospitality and not <laughs> stress so much. Like I never, the whole time people are here, I'm running from like room to room because we have to put some people in the dining room and some people in the breakfast room and then some people on, on our screen patio. And I'm constantly running from like, do you need anything? Do you have everything? Do you need something to drink? Do you have enough? Did you get enough? Are you okay? All right. Like, you know, so I, I'm going to try to relax more. Yeah. At and some enjoy point you have to the put the stuff up and trust that people can take care of themselves, you know? Um, and yeah, um, you know, we, we did, we've tried to do um, regular entertaining when, um, when that, that kind of focuses around the needs in the family. Uh, Katie, when she was, um, when she was in school here, when she was in college for her first two years here, uh, we, we realized pretty quickly that she had uh, groups of friends who um, maybe weren't always getting enough to eat um, and, and really maybe did not also, on, on another end of the, the uh, spectrum, maybe were not living in a family environment and were craving that kind of you know, connection and, and whatever. So we tried to do... Um, pizza Fridays, which were very much in, in Clint's family growing up, they would uh, have pizza in the, at his grandmother's house every Friday, pizza on Fridays and pasta on Sundays. Um, and so, you know, we, we've done that where we made the, made our own pizza or, um, or we'd order pizza or we'd buy pizza or whatever. And the kids would, you know, kids are not, they don't need to be entertained. They would, um, they would play, uh, what's it called, like games? What are those games that you play with the telephone or whatever? My kids always are always doing Like heads up or? Oh, it's or something like... like that. It's actually that you sign in and it's it's something box. Somebody somebody will know this out there. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it's, they're, 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 they're games that I know are specifically for people of a certain generation because they make no sense to me at all. I'm like, oh. wait. You know? Well, I was just going to say, well, hey, if it's a new game, tell me about this. It's, it's I'm all something about the games, where like, you, 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 you draw artwork or you have to do something and they judge it. And it's, it's just all, yeah. Um, 
I want to say matchbox, but it's not matchbox. It's something else. Um, yeah, I don't want to be judged. Jackbox. Jackbox. That's what it is. Jackbox. 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 Ask your ask your your. Uh, your son, my son, about that. my son probably, probably knows about it. Yeah, okay. Jackbox game. So basically, it's like it's on the TV, but everybody signs in on their on their phone and plays. And there's you know a limit to how many. Numbers, I've so. seen that. Yeah. Like when I go into the little like apps section mm-hmm. of my television, I've seen that, but I had no idea it was. Yeah. It's the same company and the same company logo. I used to play um, a trivia game. Um, called You Don't Know Jack mm. and loved this game. It was bizarre and it was sarcastic and it was mouthy <laughs> and I loved this game. And um, I've seen that logo on the television, but I had no idea what it was. Yeah. So now I'm intrigued. Yeah. Now well, I you have, have to, to, you have to try it. As I said, to me, it doesn't make any sense. I, I'm always the one who's cooking in the background, <laughs> listening to them, thinking... There, there's no way to win this. There's no right or wrong. It's just what it is, you know. But but I don't say this because I'm too old to, I think, get it. Um, it's funny that you say that about generations because I've, I've always loved party games and I've always, my whole adult life, you know, whenever I do parties, we play games. And um, it's funny because when we did pasta when we started pasta fridays like it had been a while and we were you know transition and moving and doing all these different things and it had been a while since we'd done entertaining and i was like i want to pull out the party games and i have you know an entire uh like top shelf in in our office is all just games and so I was looking at my old favorites like taboo and catchphrase and I was like oh my gosh this is so fun and catchphrase um I don't know if you've ever played it, but it's a game like you have a little disc. Yes. And, you know, you push the button and it's got a little phrase that you're trying to get someone to say, but you can't say any part of that phrase. You're trying to get your team to say it. And it's ticking the whole time like a bomb. And so you have to get them to say the word and then, you know, pass it as quickly as possible. And if the buzzer goes off while you're holding it, then your, you know, your team loses basically. And just the amount of panic, like we used to, when we were, you know, when we would have these, these parties with games and we used to have to say, now look, no throwing it. You can't throw it. You can't refuse to take it. You can't, you know, because we, we'd unfortunately had people get hit in the face and all sorts of things happen all in good fun. And so I'm like, yes, let's play catchphrase. And so we pull out catchphrase at one of our first Pasta Fridays, so excited to play this and explain the game. And there were several people in the group who had played it before and were so excited to play it. And we start going around and I realize very quickly that we're all a little bit older than we were playing this before. No one could read the the little phrase was so tiny that no one could read it so it's ticking and ticking and ticking and we're like turning on all the lights in the living room we're trying to get it as bright as possible people are holding it away from them people start taking out their cheater glasses and sharing them so then you have to pass the disc and the cheater glasses and like we were laughing so hard that like oh my god we've outgrown catchphrase like you know we all wanted desperately to play but like the limits of the body so it's kind of funny that you say it's a generational game I had no idea catchphrase was generational or that there was a certain age where you would no longer be able to play we need like the the large print version of of catchphrase so um it was so you know but I think you just hit on something though is that that's one of the things about entertaining is rolling with it because sometimes the things that we see as disasters as the hostess are the thing that make the party. And people talk about, do you remember when we went to play and we had to pass around the glasses with (laughs) it? You know, um, we did, (coughs) excuse me, a lot of the entertaining we did last year or maybe the year before, probably the year before, I guess. Well, it's been that long. Um, when, When Clint was first getting his ministry up and going was we had a lot of people coming in on a regular basis into our house. Um, 
and and you know there was just definitely an agenda but there were also other things um that are you know that that we were trying to do and one of the things we did we said well we're going to do a game night and we have multiple generations in this group you know we have people who are about our age, so very young, clearly, um, and people who are a lot younger, and people who are a lot older. Um, and so we talked about what we could do. And one of the games that uh, my husband kind of introduced, and I don't even, you know, I, I don't even know where it came from, whether he played it or whatever. It's called Pass the Pigs. And Pass the Pass pig. the Pigs? Pass the Pigs. Oh, you, I, 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 I know what, I'm, I'm going to have to get it for, uh, for your birthday this year. Pass the Pigs is this little game. It's two little rubber pigs. And they have um, each pig has a dot on one side, and you you roll it like dice, and their um, uh, like how they land determines what points you get, and your your goal is to get to a hundred points. And if they both land, if they land like um, one with a dot up, one with a dot down, you lose. That's you lose all the points you've gotten in that game. <laughs> I think we played this oh. visiting our friends in England. It this is, sounds familiar. Yes, and then, now. and then there's like if, the, if both pigs are land on their feet, those are called trotters. Yes. And so yes, and so you have yes. to after a while you get to know. Okay, this is six points. This is ten points, and and you have a little cheat sheet too. Well, let me tell you, these these the comments as because if the pigs land and they're touching, you not only lose the points that you've made in that, but you lose all your points. So because you can get to a, a certain place and say, okay, I'm stopping, and you keep the points you've gotten that turn. Um, but if they then it's called making bacon. If the pigs are touching, they're making bacon, <laughs> and you lose everything. So some of these older ladies when they would. They would, um, you know, they were just talking and they would shriek, oh, my pigs are making bacon. You know, I mean, it was just, it was hysterical. But I think, um, you know, those are the kind of things that you go, well, this, this wasn't how I planned it to be. But hey, you know, at some point you have to let go. And I think I've always been a fairly hands-off entertainer that, as I said, I put out the food, I provide the place. I, like you, I kind of go from group to group and chit chat with whoever, um, but beyond that, now, now when my daughter had her shower, we played some games. But even even there, I was to the point where I was like, okay, you know, we're going to play this game, but it's not really my thing. Um, well, the hardest thing for me with games is I don't want anyone to feel left out. Yes. I don't want yes. anyone to not want to participate. And I try to pick games that everyone can do something, you know. Yeah. Um, I know some people are not as comfortable speaking in front of a group or getting up and doing right. something in front of a group or, or even being part of the group, you know. Um, and I try to pick games that people can participate in, but I've also had to kind of be okay with if there's a group that is sitting in the kitchen talking, as long as they're happy and that's what they want to be doing, that's fine. If there's someone who's sitting off to the side and they don't want to participate in the game, but maybe they're happy watching, that's fine, you know, So because my, my goal is that I want everyone to enjoy the party. I want everyone to enjoy themselves. I want everyone to leave feeling better than they did when they got there. And um, for that is, you know, that means different things to different people. You know, some people being around a group of people is is draining on them and, and kind of takes something out of them. And so to be able to kind of sit back and not participate is important. And for some people, you know, when, like I said, when we have these parties and we have people from different um, walks of our life, sometimes people connect that haven't seen each other in quite a while. And so having that time to sit and talk like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you, you know, is really important. And so, um, and that's something that I've, that I've definitely had to, I, I do much better with that 
because my ultimate goal is for everyone to be happy. And so I'm able to kind of go, okay, that's what's making them mm-hmm. happy. I'm okay with that. Uh, I do much better with that than I do with like not having everything ready right. or not having everything, you know, picture perfect. And so I'm going to, um, we are going to do pasta Friday for anyone who's listening. <laughs> if you want to be on the list, let me know. But we're, uh, we are doing pasta Friday and we're going to start that back up this year. I'm making, I'm making this formal announcement and I am going to try to do scruffy hospitality. So my bathroom will be clean. My kitchen will be clean. <laughs> Wherever you <laughs> sit will be clean. But, um, the food may not all be themed and have menu cards and the, the games may not involve anything that's printed and personalized and customized ahead of time. Um, and there may be some clutter. There may be things sitting on the piano or on the buffet that doesn't belong there, but yeah, yeah we, I think I'm going to be okay with it. Yeah. And I think that that is, um, that is the goal is, as I said, if you're relaxed, if you're, you know, happy, then I think all of your all of your guests are going to be happy too. And uh, well, I really enjoy people. Yes, I, I really, yes. um, I really enjoy people and I enjoy being around people. And so I think that, you know, that that's the goal It's like, how do I have these people that I enjoy and I care about and I connect with and I want to spend time with them. And so how do we make it as easy as possible for us to do that and as easy as possible for them to participate. Right. So, and I think, you know, when you were talking about the games and the conversation, that's, that's where, that's probably why I'm not an agenda person when it comes to entertaining, because for me, the, my biggest joy is real deep, meaningful conversation with people. So I, when, when entertaining, I love to see that, that the different groups and, and how they're interacting and how they're talking and how they're, you know, getting to know each other um, and, and really having meaningful conversation. Um, and that's, that's very important um, for me too. We tried in the very beginning to say like, because I said, I've got three different right. seating areas and we tried in the very beginning to be like, okay, you know, split from whoever you came with and sit in a different seating area and meet different people. And there, and there's some people who were much more comfortable with that yes, than others. Yes, and so we, yeah. we kind of stopped that, That'll but, be. um, yeah. but no, I think we have a period of ice breaking conversation when we get there. Um, I usually wait about a half an hour before we actually have the meal so that there is a period of talking and greeting and things like that. And then we have conversation during the meal and we have a period of conversation after the meal. And, um, there, there's kind of like a feeling of like, okay, there's a little lull. So, yeah. well, okay, all right, let's play a game. Let's move to the next portion of the agenda. So it's, it's um, yeah. And it, it's, it's interesting that you, that you say that. I, um, I also think that there's a, an expectation sometimes um, depending on the, the person and, and maybe the, the culture and what have you. When, when we entertained, um, when we would have dinner parties, whatever, there would be some kind of little appetizer course, you know what I mean? There'd be whether it right. was antipasto, right. crackers and cheese, whatever it was, dip. Um, and then there would be the main thing, especially if it was a sit down dinner, there would be the main served food. And then there was dessert and coffee because that's how you do things. Um, I remember not long after we'd moved to New Jersey, we had my, my best friend from high school over and her fiance and did that. And then she said, well, we're going to have you over. They had just bought a house. And so we went over and it was just Clint and me. And the kids, I guess, stayed with my mom probably. Um, and, and so, but I could tell that she was extremely stressed. This is somebody I'd known since I was 17 years old. She was extremely stressed. She was, uh, you know, they, they did, we, we did the dinner. It was delicious. And then after dinner, she looked at it and says, well, 
we don't we don't have we don't drink coffee and and i didn't i don't i didn't do dessert so it's been nice having you here <laughs> i was like okay well that was very abrupt and off we yeah, go now we, I, we were invited yeah. go i'm sorry no it's just and you know it's it's it, it, it hit home to me that that's why we do things in a certain way because then after it's, it's kind of a cue for people. A signal. Yes. That once, you know, after we finish dessert, what have you, then that's pretty much all we have. You know, we've dusted our hands. That's all folks. Unless you're staying to do dishes, you know, <laughs> you can go home. But. Well, and it's funny because we, we got invited to a party and it said on the invitation, um, it was like 530 to 930. Mm-hmm. And we went and, um, you know, we had a nice dinner and then like everybody was sitting around talking and then, you know, she's, the hostess started a game and we're all playing the game and it was one of those great parties where everybody was involved in the Mm. game and everybody was talking and everybody's laughing and and literally she stands up and looks at her watch and says it's 9 30 party's over and it was this awkward silence kind of fell over the room and everybody kind of looked at each other like uh uh oh uh, okay all, all right well we'll we'll get our stuff and go and she starts cleaning up and picking up everybody's glasses and like it was the it was the most bizarre thing because i will tell you i know that all good things must come to an end but the first person who stands up and says, we're going to go, it's a domino effect because yes. there's a whole bunch of people who were waiting for that cue. Yeah. And when the first person says they're going to go, you have a whole bunch of people who suddenly are like, okay, yeah, we're going to go too. And, and and for the hostess, it's kind of like a, oh crap, everybody's leaving. Like, you know, and then you or have- oh good, everybody's leaving, <laughs> depending on how <laughs> well, late for it me, is. It's, yeah, for me, it's usually, oh crap, everybody's leaving. Because I really like, I, I like for everybody to stay and have a good time. And once the meal's done, that's when I can kind of relax and more enjoy it. So I feel like once the last food's been served, if you get up and leave, then I didn't really get the time with you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and we always have the ones who, who stick around on the end and we end up having, you know, great conversations and laughs or whatever. But it was so funny that like she had what would be my hostess dream situation going on where everyone was laughing, everyone was engaged, everyone was having a good time. And right in the middle of that, I guess she was going to end it on a high note. Right in the middle of that, she just stood up and, okay, Don't you want to know that? See, that, that has a curiosity. Like, I, I want to know, was it that she, like, this was as long as she could bear to have people there? Right. And so she had said, right. if you just get to 930, you can make them all leave. Right. Or you is know? it that she had something that she had promised her husband? Well, these people will all be out of the house know. by 930. See, I'd want to know that. That would be my thing. See, and I, and I usually don't put an ending time no, I don't on an either. invitation. I don't You know either. what I mean? Yes. Um, and, but her invitation had an ending time. And, and yeah. by golly, she meant it. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and we had a great time. And, and we've, I mean, we've, you know, been to her house several times since. Then and we haven't been kicked out, so I don't think it was anything we did. But um, it was so funny to me. Yeah. Like I said, as a hostess, I I dread that moment when the first person is like, "Okay, we're gonna go," because then you have this mass exodus, um, and and the fact that she had everyone's attention and everyone was engaged, and she's like, "Okay, it's nine thirty. Don't you think it's funny though that there are guests who you know, if you have repeat parties entertaining, you know who's going to show up early. Yes. And you know who's going to stay until you're yes. washing dishes and they're talking to you as you're washing dishes. And yes. either, I always feel like either those people just don't, like they, they don't want to leave or they don't know the social cues about leaving. Or they're or, just having such a great time. Yeah, That's what I choose yeah, to believe. You know. And then you have the people who bring their drinks and drink all of them Mm -hmm. and some of everybody else's too and then we always have the people who leave a ton of drinks in our fridge that we're like we're we're not 
going to drink this? Why did you, why did you bring 36 beers if you were going to drink four? Like, you know what I mean? Um, so it's just funny. Um, we always end up with like this menagerie of different wines and, and just different, you know, things that people bring. And I always feel bad. Like I said, I try to have on pasta Fridays, I try to have like, you know, one person do a nap, one person do a salad, one person do um, a dessert, just so that there's not like right. you know, 14 yes. different things of the same thing. But I always feel bad if there's something someone brought and it doesn't really get touched. I yeah. mean, because we know sometimes people bring stuff and it's great. Mm. And sometimes people bring stuff and it's a little sketchy looking and you're <laughs> like, okay. And that stuff ends up sitting there. And then I feel bad that this person spent their money and their time or, you know, picked it up from somewhere and brought it and nobody touched it. I always feel bad. Well, you know, I have a proposal as we, as we draw this to a close, I have a proposal. Have you ever watched the pioneer woman, her, her cooking show? I have not. I know who she is, but I have not watched it. Well, she just, the only thing you need to know is that she lives on a ranch and all her husband's family also lives on, on the same ranch, but like on far flung corners and her in-laws live there too, you know, all in their own place. Right. But they have something, I think they call it the ranch house or something. It's, it's a building on the ranch that has a kitchen and a big eating area. And it's where they gather for like parties and family Family things and whatever. So it doesn't belong to anybody. Nobody's living there. It's just what they use for that. So I propose that we find something like that somewhere between you and me and we do that and then we start you know you can handle the games and and all that okay. i'll do all the cooking and all that and okay. and whatever and that'll be we'll, we'll do that'll be our hospitality house and we'll can we also find somebody that's going to clean it and it's gonna, we'll see we won't have pay any, for nobody's, it and... well but the paying for it that that's just going to happen we don't have to worry oh, about okay. that yeah, okay okay i didn't real i didn't realize that we that that was just already that, taken care just, of yes, off the top we don't to, have to yes, we don't have to worry we're about going that to, yes that that's okay that's you know it's going to if we could get somebody right. to sponsor it because this they'll film it which because we're you know we're we're this could be a reality whatever. show yes you know we could have it like we can we'll have call a it different group of people we'll have, a different, we'll have people yes. from all different walks of life yes. and people from all different you know states they can all come in we are living in the number one vacation destination in the world yes. so people could come in and i think this is a great idea i think it is too i hope that there's some producers out there listening because i, I think this is happening you know yeah. And if you if you want to be a guest, since we're not even worrying about how we're paying for this place, and you know, if you want to be a guest, you let us know. Contact us at an open dialogue one at gmail.com and we'll put you on the guest list. So um, I don't know that you're ever going to get that actual invite, but we'll put you on the guest list. You will definitely have a spot on the guest list, the official guest That's right. list. That's right. So, well, in the in the interest of everyone's time, I'm going to say it's not 930, but it is getting long in the tooth. It is time to leave podcast episode. And so we're going to go, but we would love to hear from you. Uh, We would love to connect with you. You can connect with us on social media, toddrickhandle.com, violethowell.com, or through Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, although I'm rarely on Twitter. So if you Mm -hmm. message me on Twitter, expect a few days (laughs) turnaround on a reply. Um, But we'd love to hear from you. And thanks for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And please practice scruffy hospitality. All right, bye. Bye.